Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. So happy Sunday, everyone. Thank you for choosing to be here and join us on our Facebook Live service. And a heartfelt thank you for choosing Portland Center for Spiritual Living as your source of spiritual inspiration today. You know, last week, Reverend Larry launched our new series for the month on featuring the book Dream Big by Bob Goff. It's about know what you want, why you want it, and what you're going to do about it. And he did give us a homework assignment. We were strongly encouraged to go to the website and download two worksheets. One, who am I? And the other, where am I? Well, I have to say that I thought I understood words attributed to Socrates, the great ancient Greek philosopher, an unexamined life is not worth living. I mean, after all, in ministerial school, we take philosophers of the West and we learn a a practice called explanation de text, where we take all these um, philosophies and we're told just say what's there. Not your opinions, just what's there. Well, I have to say that Reverend Larry's assignment brought forth the requirement to just say what's there, but he also encouraged us to do it with compassion and not judgment. So I'm saying if you haven't done that homework assignment, I encourage you to do so. And for those of us who did do the assignment, you may be joining me with a a feeling of what I like to call divine discontent. And that is that there are some areas in life where it's a not exactly. And that is the perfect place to start for Ernest Holmes says it's unscientific to try to start someplace else. So we begin right where we are. And that is the focus of today, beginning right where we are with the message of limitless opportunities. And we're going to address three questions because last week we looked at who am I and where am I? This week, we're going to look at what do I wish to experience? In that uh, discussion, we'll look at the origin of desire and that it is legit. And we'll have a fun activity called Name It and Claim It. We're also going to look at what do I do with the life I currently have. And this is an invitation where we get to choose what stays and what needs to go. And finally, we're going to look at am I willing to see possibilities in all things. So we'll look at the difference between probability and possibility, and also a sweet little process of changing one letter in a word that shifts us from adversity to triumph. So let's get started. What do I wish to experience? First, I want to say that in terms of the origin of desire, A heartfelt desire is not wishy-washy, it is not hopeful thinking, it is not wishing and hoping for change, it is based in law. It's spiritually principled. Ernest Holmes tells us that desire is the voice of spirit 
in you, trying to indicate that the thing you desire is already on its way to you. It is a divine urge, which operating as law produces energy, and energy must find an outlet. So in essence, our heartfelt desire is God wanting to express more of itself in, through, and as each of our life in a unique and individualized way. Our heartfelt desires are principle-centered, based in law, and divinely legit. And our author tells us that there's great benefit in having clarity on our heartfelt desires. What he says is that when we are clear about what we do want, what is our desire, we feel powerful and we start to get enthusiastic and excited about possibilities. And this releases more positive energy and we start gaining momentum in the direction of the fulfillment of our desire. So how do I get clear on what it is that I wish to desire? Well, I have a personal experience I want to share with you. About 12 years ago, when I left North Carolina, I ended up in Colorado Springs. And then I went to Fort Collins and I circled back to Colorado Springs just before I launched on the final quest to the West here in the Pacific Northwest. Well, the one month I stayed in Colorado Springs just before I came here to Portland Center for Spiritual Living, there was a special program called Tuesdays with Reverend Wanda, and this was Reverend Wanda Gentili, a former senior uh, spiritual leader at Colorado Center for Spiritual Living. And at this first Tuesday with Reverend Wanda that I attended, she handed out a blank piece of paper and she instructed us to fold it in half. And on one side to write the word what, and on the other side to write the word how. And then she told us, please turn your page to the what side and begin writing. Well, you see, I was so excited about this process, and I had my paper open like this because I thought, wow, as I'm writing my what, I'm going to get inspired about ideas for how to do this, and I need to have that space available. And so I opened my page. Reverend Wanda was resolute in her instructions, and she said, Marilyn, turn to the what. Well, I did. So I started writing my what's. When everyone was finished with writing their what, she passed out red markers. And she said, now please turn your page to the how side. And she said, please draw a red X through the how. And then write, not my job, God's job. Well, I was new to science of mind. I didn't quite understand that concept. But this is how spiritual principle works. Our job is the what. We have the seed 
of that heartfelt desire and we place it into the law, we nurture it, we allow spirit to inspire us to take action as we're nurturing the seed and we let spirit allow it to emerge through us. Spirit does the work. Spirit brings all of these divine coincidences, all the right people, all the right resources, if we let spirit, if we surrender our will and allow spirit to do its job. So I encourage you, go back. If you haven't done the who am I, where am I activity, please do that because we start where we are and then we get clear on what it is we desire. An unexamined life is not worth living. So we need to know who am I and where am I? And then clarify, and what is my heartfelt desire? So I'm already introducing part of our at-home assignment for this week, and that is if you haven't done Reverend Larry's activity, which is the who am I and where am I worksheets, please do that. And then take time this week to do this activity. And please follow the resolute directions of Reverend Wanda Gentilly, and that is fold your paper in half, turn to the what side, and simply write what it is you desire in your life. Health, wealth, relationships, career, anything else. Write what it is your heartfelt desire that you wish to experience. And when you're finished, turn to the other side, get a red marker, and put a great big X through it. Don't even think of going into the how and put not my job, God's job. So that's what do I wish to experience? Well, then that moves us to our second question of what do I do with the life I currently have? I mean, obviously, we all have experiences. We've all had careers and relationships. And right now in our life, our plate may be full. So we have to ask ourselves, what do I do with the life I currently have? And in this area, our author gives us great guidance in terms of saying, you are always at choice to decide what's next. You are always at choice to decide what's next. So we get to choose of that which is in our life right now, what's a keeper and what needs to go. Now, what's a keeper, I think you'll have great clarity if you do the worksheet that Reverend Larry has encouraged us to do and identify the what I desire. I think you'll begin to find that you have more strengths, more abilities, more skills, more talent, and there's more good in your life than you ever imagined already. And from that base, you continue with the things that are moving you forward in the direction of your dream. But I want to spend some time on what needs to go because our author calls them obstacles and he calls them inner and outer obstacles. 
And one of the things that he talked about was beliefs. And as I was reading through his, his book this week, I had thoughts of Reverend Lynn Johnson, the late Reverend Lynn Johnson, who was our immediate past senior minister here at Portland Center for Spiritual Living, and she was also my mentor minister in practitioner training. And at the time that I was going through practitioner training, she gave me some very profound and sage advice. She said, Marilyn, when someone comes to me for spiritual counseling, she said, I let them know that they get to tell their story one time. They get to tell their story one time. And she said, before they start their story, I ask them, are you willing to let this go if you share it this one time? And she said, if the answer is no, I'm not available to listen. She said, because nothing's going to change. And this philosophy is too empowering and too profound to allow someone to continue to tell the same old story that they've been clinging to and attached to forever. She said, no, my job is to help someone embrace this philosophy and release that which is not working and plant a new seed. And she said, if the answer is yes, she said, I give them all the time in the world to tell that story one more time in all of its infinite detail with as much conviction, with as much feeling as they desire. And she said, and then if ever they come back for spiritual counseling and they start to tell that same old story, she said, oh, 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 we have a commitment that you've made to yourself, not me, you've made it to yourself. And that is that you're willing to give up this story. So I ask, this is another part of homework, what story needs to be released in your life? Our author tells us we all have them. We're not unique in this area. It could be that we've told ourselves we're too old, that uh, it's just part of the natural aging process. It's I'm not smart enough. I'm not attractive enough. I don't live in the right community. These opportunities no longer exist for me. Or maybe I missed the one opportunity that was available to me to go forward in my dream. I'm like, whatever the story is, our author tells us, be willing to let it go. And as Reverend Lynn taught me, be willing to share it one more time and then let it go. And then the author also said there's another area and that's about stuff, things, and relationships. Well, it reminded me of my mother. She had a, a reoccurrence of breast cancer, and at the time that she and my father were moving into an assisted living facility, I was helping them downsize. Now, my mother was a very religious woman. She converted from um, being a Mennonite to a Catholic in order to marry my father. And for years, I remember in one of her bureau drawers, she had this picture of the Pope. I don't remember what Pope it was, but it was, you know, wrapped in that special kind of tissue and it was very, I mean, everything was very straight. Well, here I am helping her clean out drawers and all of a sudden I noticed she just picked up this picture and just put it in 
the trash pile. And I went, Mom, your picture of the Pope. And she looked at me and she goes, Honey, that was then. This is now. Well, recently I had my own that was then. This is now experience. I have been cleaning out my apartment. I mean, I have taken two trunk loads of things to a donate center. I have found an ecologically and environmentally sound recycling for technology center that I took all kinds of stuff to. I have took bins of things to the paper recycle and things that were confidential. I took to FedEx 40 pounds of paper I paid to have shredded. But I just kept thinking, I know there's more. I know there's more. Well, a friend at Christmas sent me this beautiful picture. It was a picture of a floral bouquet that she sent, and she had this lovely, lovely inscription on it. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll just take it and get it matted and framed because I've shared with you that's one of my favorite things to do. But then I looked around at my walls, and I was like, well, where would I put it? And then I thought, well... Do I really have the resources to do custom matting and framing right now? Because I made a commitment in other areas. So I started looking around, and here was this beautifully custom matted and framed certificate of something I received 20-plus years ago. It was on my bookshelf, way in the back, with all kinds of books and a little figurine in front of it. You couldn't really see it. And yet, when I went, oh, look at that. And I very carefully disassembled it. And I put in this new piece of art. And I could not believe the shift in energy. I did not realize that that one framed certificate from the past, which had no meaning to me at this moment, was eating up positive energy. Now I have this beautifully uh, framed print. It's hanging on my wall because I also got rid of something else that was a space filler. And it brings joy every moment that I'm sitting in a chair and I just start to meditate, I look at that wall, and I have such joy. So I'm like, what kind of stuff is in your environment that's dragging down the energy? It's called, let's make space for the new. So again, part of an at-home activity is to get a box and just mark to go on it. You know, right now there's a whole lot of to go. There's parking spaces near restaurants that say for pickup to go, all that kind of stuff. Just put the box to go. And as you walk through your house each day, find an item that you no longer love, that no longer serves a purpose, and just put it in the box. And then when the box is full, be sure you take it to a donate center. Be sure you get it out of your environment. Now, I can tell you when I walk into my apartment right now, I can feel the space. It feels like there's movement, like you can breathe, like there's new energy coming. And I know that there's even more stuff and things ready to be released. So then that moves us to our third question. 
and that is, am I willing to see possibility in all things? Now, the description of today's message said, do you know the difference between probability thinking and possibility thinking? So let's take a look. The probability thinking is there are two approaches in the dictionary. One is that we're looking at the actual likelihood of something happening. And the second definition or the second approach is how strongly is it believed in that the event will occur. Well, it sort of sounds like science of mind, but it's not. Because it's based on what is in the external environment. It's based on what we know. By going with probability thinking, we are cutting ourselves off from a limitless resource. That substance, that limitless substance, that infinite intelligence, because we're looking at what is the probability of this happening. Now, if we look at the definition of possibility thinking, what we're really looking at is seeing possibilities everywhere instead of limitation. And it's a choice that we get to make to create a mental atmosphere that is open to the limitlessness of spirit. And so this brings me all the way back to where I started with the term divine discontent and a method for opening up to possibility. And I discovered a term that Alan Cohn uses in his book, A Deep Breath of Life. And he said, turning, moving from scars to stars. Scars to stars. Now, if you look at both of those words... The only difference is one letter. In scars, there is a letter C, and in stars, there is a letter T. I'm inviting us to look at the word scars and look at the C as existing circumstances and conditions. They are changeable. We can do something about them. And I'm inviting us to look at the T as truth. Alan Cohn said is every minus is a half of a plus waiting for a stroke of vertical awareness. Well, what is vertical awareness? We teach the method of look up to the truth, hold steadfast to the truth. So even in the face of appearances, hold steadfast to the truth. So do not focus on what is. Choose to hold steadfast to that what it is you desire, knowing the limitlessness of spirit, that infinite substance, limitless opportunity, the divine mind that knows all and has all the resources available. We get to choose possibility thinking by shifting our mental atmosphere from holding on to scars to reaching for stars. And as Ernest Holmes says, to desert the truth in the hour of our need is to prove that we do not 
know the truth. In science of mind, we know God is, I am. God's power is my power. God's presence is my presence. God's love is my love. We teach this, we know it. And so in this case, to desert the truth in the hour of our need is to prove that we do not know the truth. So I'm encouraging us to really embrace the textbook that is being featured this, this month to do the homework that Reverend Larry recommended to move forward this week with doing your what activity, focusing on what and remembering that the how is God's job. I'm encouraging us to begin to release those old stories. I'm encouraging us to release limiting beliefs. And I'm encouraging us to release stuff and things and relationships that no longer work in our life. And then I'm asking us to hold steadfast to the truth. Because to desert the truth in the hour of our need is to prove that we do not know the truth. And I know that that is not true of each of us. So let us pray. Oh, right here in this now moment, one mind of infinite possibility, one mind of infinite substance, one mind, the I am, the creator and sustainer of all life. And it creates from that divine creative pattern of perfection. And I know that my life is an expression of the one. It is God impelling the movement of the one mind to express itself in, through, and as me, a unique and individualized expression of the one. And as that is true of me, I know it is true of each person listening to this message. Each person that is touched by this message, whether it's podcast, YouTube, listening to Facebook Live, each person, an individualized expression of the one. And so right here, right now, I claim and affirm, and I speak my word. I speak my word of truth for and about each person, that there is only one, and it is expressing itself in unique and individualized ways, known as creation, and that the power to create the fulfillment of our heart's desires already exists, just as our music said today, it already exists within each of us. Each person already has everything they need, and it comes from within. And I claim and affirm a willingness to stop clinging to the old stories that are holding each person hostage, to let them go. And in that place, allow spirit to rush in in a way that renews our strength, revitalizes our vigor, ennobles our being, and brings peace and happiness. And so I am so grateful for the truth that God is 
all there is, expressing as each and every individual that its power, its wisdom, its substance is the truth of each individual. And I place this word into the activity and action of the law, knowing that it is already responding in a personal way. It is already saying, yes, my beloved. And so with absolute conviction and firmament of mind, together we say, and so it is. Mm. Thank you so much for being here today, for I am knowing that each of us is stepping into limitless opportunities. It is available to us. And in this now moment, I am inviting you to share your resources with the Portland Center for Spiritual Living. You know, as we give, so do we receive. So I'm inviting you to say with me, graciously I give from a place of love, knowing that as I give, so do I richly, lavishly, abundantly receive. And I invite you to go to our webpage. There's a PayPal. You can also use your Tithely app. You can send a check if you prefer. It is, uh, the address is on our website. Just know that your gifts are lovingly received so that we can carry forth this message of empowerment. Thank you so much for your gifts to the Portland Center for Spiritual Living. And on behalf of the Portland Center for Spiritual Living, I accept these gifts, knowing that these gifts are given and are received with great love. And that love goes out into the world, bringing forth this message of empowerment we're also here for prayer support, so if there's anything in your life where you're needing additional support, our ecclesiastical team is here to support you in prayer. Go to our website. There's a button where you can click, hit prayer request, submit it. It immediately goes to every member of our ecclesiastical team, and we pray on that for an entire week. And remember that, yes, I believe in me, I believe in you, and we believe in each other. Limitless possibilities. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. 
wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.